Welcome to the Weekend Sherpa Podcast, Take It Outside. I'm Brad Day. I'm Holly Kulak. And well done, uh, everybody listening. We have uh, made it through 2020, um, a hell of a year. One that I'm still trying to fully understand how we're going to think back on this you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, like, is there going to be a sense and it doesn't, it sounds weird to say it right now, but is there going to be like a sense of nostalgia of 2020 in a way that, you know, you go through hardships like the great depression or world war two or other hardships in kind of life that you look back on several decades later as something that kind of like brought you more together or bonded you. Is that just like a BS Silver lining, like, I don't know. I don't know how to, how this is all going to shake out, you know, down the road. But we've, uh, we're, we've crossed the finish line on 2020. We have not crossed the finish line. It's the 28th <laughs> that we're recording it. And we could still have an earthquake in the next we still have three days. more Do days. Do not count that out. But when you're listening to this, it may be we've crossed the finish line. We, so. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I hope we cross the finish line. I don't know. I was talking to a friend about it recently. And I, she said, you know, I sort of feel like, when we look back, it's almost going to be like this blur because there, you know, it's been just such, it's been such a roller coaster yeah. um, from, you know, the very beginning. I mean, even early January, there was, uh, you know, burblings about this. It wasn't called the pandemic yet, but the virus was definitely um, around and in the United States. Uh, I know because I went on Amazon and bought hand sanitizer. Back um, on January 21st. January 23rd, I think, or something 23rd. like that. It was the day that they announced that they, quote, had the first, you know, case, which I'm sure there were many more That's prior impressive to that. that you were like, uh-oh. Well, you know, <laughs> the neurotic side of me sometimes has its advantages. <laughs> um, but, you know, certainly I would never have hoped that it evolved to what it did. But it, it's been just, yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild year. It has been a wild year. And we were kind of prepping for this podcast thinking about let's, what was it that happened over 2020? Because California in particular had had a lot, um, more so than I would say most other parts of the country because of the whole wildfire, especially. The red glowing day that we had. Yeah, and the smoke that came from that. Yeah. And then, of course, all the power outages that certain parts of the country had to go through for managing um, the and wildfires. And our neighbors over in Oregon, too, had Absolutely. these horrific wildfires. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like the coronavirus came out in in March, as we all remember. That's when, it, you know, Tom Hanks had it. coming the, out party. <laughs> yeah. Like, what was that day that, that <laughs> you know, the NBA shut down and Tom Hanks right. was announced that had it? That's like when the shit hit the fan, it felt like. Yeah. When everything was like, oh, my God. We're all at home. We're all at home. Um, and that was, that was, cr that was so strange mm -hmm. because we didn't, everybody was trying to figure this out. It, it felt like you were really, and we still are largely, but we've gotten more used to not really having a full like grasp of knowing what, I mean, we have the vaccine, right? So everybody's, you know, looking forward to this vaccine that should work, even though there's new strains of it coming around from the UK that's probably here. Anyway, you can go down different rabbit holes of like, what is this going <laughs> to, you know, like, it's, yeah. what's this going to all shake out to? Right. But back in March, just the novelty of the novel coronavirus was so strange. It really was. Like I was, uh, I was just looking at my hair today, and I'm like, I have so much more gray hair than I did at the beginning, of the year. and that's just not from it growing out. Me not coloring it. It is the <laughs> the wild ride that's been, and the and the strain that came from. I mean, starting with you know, obviously the coronavirus coming out, people being at home, and then being in the peculiar position that we were in about writing about the outdoors because one of our first issues coming out when this all 
evolved was, um, you know, socially distant hikes. And then we had a little bit of blowback from some concerned citizens, understandably at the time, because people were freaked out and nobody knew a lot about what was safe and not safe. Yeah. But, um, you know, we take our, we, we do take things very seriously and it's not like we blow it off I and mean, we thought we were, you know, socially distant hikes and bike rides seemed like a reasonable thing to do. And it, and it still was, it's just that all the parks started to close down. So then it became, you know, constantly caveating everything, updating a research, lot of content, updating. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we already do a lot of that anyway. So that was, uh, you know, that was a, that was a major challenge and everybody had challenges. So it's not, you know, a woe is me story. It's yeah. just, uh, that's when the gray hair, I think started sprouting more than <laughs> right <laughs> now than ever. Well, yeah. And that, uh, and, and navigating what that landscape was going to be like with the parks and going to the beach and recommending all that stuff that started to kind of open up a little bit more. When I was looking back at some of the stuff we had written back in May, we started to kind of dip our toe. I think we did an issue called dipping our toes back into the outdoors yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So then the parks did start to reopen again, but maybe like with different caveats and we created the new rules of the trail, which was like a short little video about what you should do if you're going out on a hike, which was actually pretty popular. Air high five. <laughs> Air high fives. <laughs> well, yeah. And then we had the, you know, um, the people who were supposed to be leading by example, not leading by example, going and breaking the rules, you know, right. going to the beach when they were, uh, you know, not supposed to be going to the beach. And these were, you know, prominent. There's been several instances people. of that throughout 2020. Yeah. Not a great look all the time, but, uh, Yeah. Yeah. And then we had, um, unfortunately, the death of George Floyd, but then fortunately, kind of the social justice that came from that and people's kind of a bit more awakening, I would say, Mm -hmm. on on social justice and racial um, inequities in this country. Um, And then also, you know, having companies like ourselves and several other companies kind of look internally and get a better understanding of, are you doing things the right way or what improvements can you make? Um, and we certainly went through that process as well. And it's been, um, and I thought that was a real kind of positive. Been enriching, of, absolutely. Of, uh, of going through um, that whole period of time. Um, and then, you know, we started to roll out a new version of Weekend Sherpa back in, when was that, June? Mm-hmm. Late June. And, um, and that was interesting, doing that through the pandemic. And, you know, we were... <laughs> I know. Are we thinking the same thing? You go first. <laughs> it was such a, you know, I think the site is so much better than, than what it was and absolutely needed the update. But the uh, the people writing and wondering about where their uh, My Weekend Sherpa went, yes. which it, it, it went away. And that was the ability to save. And we will bring back a save component, but we had to sort of do away with that version of it mm. because it was very complicated. And just it's a long story. But from, the, you know, the, the tech standpoint, it was leading to a lot of challenges and difficulties that as a reader, you wouldn't see or a subscriber. Right. But we didn't really think, you know, much of it. We thought we'll bring it back in in time. Uh, and, and, you know, nobody was really angry. There was just a lot of emails coming through about like, I really like your site. I really like the new site. Where's the, Where's the save, save function? <laughs> well, that's a good thing. People it like the content thing. enough that they're going to save it. Exactly. But, um, what were you going to say? Was that the same thing? Oh, no. Just like <laughs> in general, just kind of like having to go through just the stress and the pressures of relaunching or launching a brand new website, yeah. and a new way of managing all of that stuff remotely with our team in the UK kind of managing all that inside baseball. But um, yeah, stressful times because there was so much going on at that period. Still is a lot going on. But um, 
and then the wildfires came around towards the end of the summer like and the and how long that smoke was lingering through parts of california weeks weeks of just crazy smoke and so unhealthy on certain days that People just don't want to go outside. Yeah, you were told not to. And there was that one day, too. Do you remember that? It, like the red glow day. Yeah, the apocalyptic it day. It was just crazy. I mean, it was bad for quite a while. And then our neighbors, you know, Oregon and Colorado had yeah. fires. I mean, and then, you know, the power outages, which is funny because my home got power outages. You know, they turned off the power. And mm. at one of the most inopportune t- times, it's never really a great time. But I had a, a major deadline, and you know we have to publish. Everybody's working from power. home. Yeah, right. And I was making some changes to a very, very important issue, and the power got cut. Yeah. Um. So the Wi-Fi goes out, and uh, it was a, a, a tense five minutes. I figured it out. I mean, right. I had a, a plan B, but, whew, it was. Uh, it's intense. <laughs> it was an intense. And then on top of all of this, 2020 also was a very political year. We had an election, and all the politics surrounding. The lead up to the election. Oh, yeah, that small factor. After in the election, currently, like all this stuff, it's like holy crap! How did anybody like manage it? And um, and we're still we're still working through it. But I wanted to before we jump into some of our favorites, some of our top ten favorite content pieces from 2020, which we're going to get to in a second. I wanted to just ask you, what are some of the lessons that you've I guess, learned from the last, you know, nine, 10 months of, of going through the pandemic and everything else that 2020 has presented? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I feel like I could do a top 10 list on the top 10 things I've learned, but we don't have time for that in the podcast. So, you know, um, I think a major one is that, um, a couple of things. One is, you know, sort of learning to quiet the busy because it was sort of forced upon all of us on some levels. And I know quiet that people the had, busy. yeah, you know, the getting up on the go, this, that sort of the franticness. Mm. And then suddenly it was like, well, there weren't places to go. And that, I mean, everyone had work and people were very busy. Don't get me wrong, but just to sort of take a beat and just like give myself permission to like, be, be okay to not be okay for, you know, and just kind of like wade through it as best I could instead of like kind of going into sort of immediate panic mode or trying to sort of the larger picture of this for me was trying to control what was uncontrollable. And I think that was a big lesson is that, um, there's a lot you can control mm-hmm. in your life, you know, how you react to things, how you respond, but there's a lot you can't control. And, Um, and sometimes you just have to, you know, accept that and sort of sit in the uncertainty and the, um, I guess, you know, the unexpected and not really reading too far into the future, right? Just sort of going in the moment. I thought that was kind of for me, uh, a big takeaway, but also another one, um, was that action matters and that you, you know, you, you can, you can do things to, um, take action on climate change or, mm. um, you know, mental health and wellness. There's things that you can contribute and actually do rather than sort of throw your hands up and say, Oh, it's just all too much because, or just like post something on Facebook and be like, well, there you go. There's I just my a proclamation. Cool yeah. Exactly. Like actually, um, doing stuff and, and doing something. And I mean, I'm not saying that I've done all these marvelous things, but I've certainly taken 
some actions. Oh, and yeah. um, Well, you certainly did. You just completed your course in Indigenous Relations. Is that the, cr- yes, the correct? Yes, Indigenous to- Canada, which Indigenous I took Canada. through the University of Alberta in Canada, in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, um, through Coursera. And it was a really enriching, awesome uh, class. It took, um, you know, I had to make the time to do it because I work full time, but everybody's got something that they've got to sort of dedicate and carve out. So thanks. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. That was and, cool. It uh, took you several months to complete the course, right? Yeah. Several hours every weekend yeah. studying, taking the tests. Yeah. That's cool. Having to repeat the test <laughs> once. I thought it was twice. <laughs> <laughs> Who's counting? <laughs> yes, I didn't take good enough notes on a couple yeah. of them, but I I I um, completed the course and I did well in it and um, pretty cool. How about for you? Um, yeah, I don't. You know, one of the first things that kind of jumps to mind is just kind of the whole how fragile just just kind of this way of life is that we've been used to just for a generation generations really just kind of this whole social societal structure of of what we've come to know, just like how that just got completely upended, just thrown, like right. just, it was, it was ultimately quite a <laughs> fragile kind of structure, really. <laughs> I'm thinking of that song, It's the End of the World as We Know It. Is that R.E.M.? Right. No. I know. God. Is that R.E.M.? What am I saying? It is R.E.M. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's correct. No, you're right. Um, so that, that's been interesting. It's just how adaptable you ultimately do have to to be. Um, Change is hard, uh, especially it seems to be for Americans, considering how much, how poorly as a country we've responded to the coronavirus compared to other countries, especially other Western countries that supposedly have great medical systems and and a strong government. Look how poorly we've done as a whole here in the United States. Is that because of politics? Is that because of overall, you know, kind of selfishness that we'd still want to be able to get together for whatever reason? Like what, what was it ultimately? It'll be interesting to kind of see why, you know, what just kind of the, I guess the, the report, um, after this is done, why we fared so poorly on this. Cause I think there's several reasons, but, um, well, what do you think some of the reasons are? It's very interesting. I think, well, I, I think politics had to play a lot with it right out of the gates. I think, you know, because they were suppressing information, they didn't want it to necessarily affect the stock market, which guess what? It didn't, <laughs> you know, we were able to actually have the coronavirus and the stock markets going gangbusters. But I think there was a fear there that it was going to hurt um, the economy and the stock market, which apparently are two very different things because the economy got hammered and the stock market is doing great. Um, so I think there was some cover up of information there that unfortunately that, you know, we weren't being upfront. The federal government wasn't being upfront with the severity of this thing from the get go, to be honest with people to what to expect. And then it was just kind of like this whole political trickle down of information and then, you know, wearing masks and washing your hands. And does that infringe on your rights? And, you know, what, what tribe do you consider yourself as far as politics go to, for what you're going to follow? Um, I think that was a big chunk of it but then it's just like I, I think Americans just are very independent and they and and change like I said is it's hard it's hard for people to give up certain things and to not go to restaurants and to not gather for birthday parties or the 4th of July or Thanksgiving like those are things that we're used to and we don't necessarily want to have to change especially if it's in a way of saving helping somebody else rather than yourself right <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Very good point. 
if, if it's like to, for the greater good, I think it, it seemed to have a bit of a more challenge. That's a challenging message. It seems to be for the greater good rather than for yourself. I was thinking about people who are um, older or, you know, it's sort of the idea that people were saying, you know, this is, this has been the worst year of my life or the hardest. And that is brutal or the most challenging. And it made me think about young kids today, because if you're in your eighties and this is the most challenging year, there is, that's, you know, of course it makes perfect sense. Like there's no, you know, dispute on that. It just made me think about a, 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 a 10 year old kid right now in this year what does the future hold for viruses climate you know uh social injustice inequities like it it's it's that moment of you know reckoning where you're like wow you know what's what's that future and yeah the the motivation to make that better or to take the action that i was talking about you know because it really is i mean you know, I don't have kids, but I think about that often. Yeah. You know, what what are we what are we building? It's twenty twenty was a year that all these things that we've thought, well, we'll deal with that in time came roaring to a head. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Very roaring yes. to a head. Like you're dealing with it it's now. right now. Yeah. Whether that's wildfires, whether that's racial injustice, whether that's a pandemic, like it all just came full throttle right in front of you. You better deal with it. You can't, you know, this is like for down the road. We're going to like figure this out mm-hmm. in due time. Nope. You have to deal with it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And dealing with it right now, our top 10. Top outdoors. 10. Good transition. Yeah. That was a weak transition. <laughs> we won't edit that <laughs> out bad. because sometimes that's just what happens. Well, I have it's to say also one of the other things that we've, before we jump into that is um, the importance of the outdoors and nature, mm. like I think you and I, to pat ourselves on the back, have always thought the outdoors is important. I mean, we we run Weekend Sherpa, but I think there's a lot of people who also kind of came to that realization of their local parks, being able to take a hike, being, you know, just like the importance of getting outdoors um, in 2020, I think. And you see it in the parks, too. You've seen how popular getting out to the beach and your local trails have become over the last year. So there, I think that's a real ultimately long-term positive of, uh, of, yeah. of 2020. Parks, Park RX. You're Park right. RX. That is a really positive thing. But let's jump into it. So at the end of every year, we uh, sit down and come up with a top 10 of uh, our favorite stories, our readers' favorite stories, some of those popular stories, um, or even some stories that were great, may- maybe didn't even didn't get the love that they deserved uh, <laughs> for Northern California and for Southern California. It's a lot of fun kind of retrospectively looking back on all the, the stories that ran for the year, especially in a year like 2020. Holy crap. Um, so, but what we wanted to do for this podcast was just kind of uh, have a few um, that I've written down. Holly has a few that she's written down and to, uh, and to discuss those. Mine are more kind of personal experiences, uh, adventures that I had Personally. Personally. Um, and yours are kind of a mix. Mine's right? a mixed bag. Yes. We're going to start with Northern California. Okay. Um, because that's where we're based yes. and because it's got some of the, we're talking about some of the personal ones that each of us did. And then we'll go to SoCal. Okay. Yes, so what's your very, first? Oh my gosh. You're putting some pressure on me. <laughs> um, <laughs> first, Goose Lake and Lakes Basin. Oh, good one. That's awesome. That's one of the best like drive-in camping spots. 
Um, ever? <laughs> that, yeah, that, we, that, I've, that I've ever experienced. That's a nice one. Um, what, what else did you like about it? Um, well, I liked that um, I got a campsite because I had been told you're not going to. It's first come, first serve. So you have to arrive early. And it's kind of tucked away. It's not one of the more commonly known campgrounds for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's right on the water. And it overlooks the Sierra Buttes, which is just beautiful. It, it overlooks the... Um, the fire lookout, right? Yeah, the Sierra Butte yeah, fire lookout. The Sierra Butte fire lookout. You can see it. And you can take a canoe out on the water. And these campsites are lakeside. I mean, they're right on the lake. So it's small. So there's not that many people. And you, you can drive your car in, which I kind of like because then you're, it's just easier. You're not having to drag stuff in. There's a couple of hike in sites yeah. that aren't that far. Um, and just the tranquility. And just there's something special about when you arrive, you actually get the spot. And it's beautiful like that. And you could, you can hang a hammock and you could literally hang out there all day if you wanted to. There's so much adventure right around you and you're definitely going to want to go out and hike and you've got to hike to the fire lookout. It's an amazing experience and you have to have a head for heights. But um, I just like it when you get to a campsite, you're not like, okay, we just have to go do something because it's not that great of a car camping area. Right. Spectacular. No, you could totally hang out there. And that's, as we say, as we said, um, before that is where people in Lake Tahoe like to take their vacation, right? <laughs> it's like an hour north of yeah. Lake Tahoe in uh, the Sierra Buttes. Really beautiful. And actually, that made my top 10 list as well. But you <laughs> dove in specifically into Goose Lake. So I'll talk about the Sierra Buttes Fire Lookout, which, Perfect. Um, I mean, that's going to give you probably the best view of that whole region the northern sierra area you can look like from that peak you can see the peaks of the tahoe basin yeah um, mount lassen um it's just it's incredible and it's not that brutal of a hike i think it's two and a half miles each way Mm -hmm. um very doable most of it um some of it is on a fire road um towards the end i mean the big the big kind of like crux is the uh the stairs up to the fire lookout at the very end. Like, yeah. wow, that is, they're really <laughs> steep. You know, They are steep, but once you're on them, it's a little bit yeah. better. Like, but you just have to take stop. And you can see up. through the stairs oh, yeah. too, because they're like grates, right? Like I can't, like, I always think about who built it to this thing. Like I this know. is like super exposed. Um, but when we did that, uh, and we've done it a couple of times. We did it like maybe, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. And then we did it um, just over the summer. And there was nobody there when we went over the summer. Nobody. We went up Friday on a Friday, probably got up to the top around five o'clock, something like that. And we were the only two people at the top of this amazing fire lookout, which also kind of adds, I think, to the specialness and the um, just kind of the memory because you're not having to battle with other people and there's COVID <laughs> or something like that, right? So That's just... <laughs> true. It was. Well, because most people do it kind of midday and we still had quite a bit of daylight and it's not a long hike, like you said, and it's not difficult. You're not having to navigate a lot. It's pretty straightforward. So yeah. you can take the later afternoon. And um, just a little pro tip here. I managed to get some cell reception up there and there is no cell reception anywhere oh, in that yeah. area. And that can be important to me when I want to check in with the pets. Good point. <laughs> Good point. So Lake Spacen made it on um, your top 10 for Goose Lake, my top 10 for the Sierra Buttes. So what, or for the Sierra Butte Fire Lookout, what is, uh, what else you got? Okay. I have the grandmother tree. Oh, cool. Which I'm not sure will make the end result because I think that area still might be closed due to the fires that happened Mm. in the fall. Um, I have to check that. 
But so the grandmother tree is in Sonoma County. Um, it's a, I think the reason I like it so much is that I'm, I live in Sonoma County and so I have an affinity for it, but it was also one of the first hikes I was able to kind of get out on during the pandemic early on and just have that freedom. And, you know, it's a wide open trail. Um, you're up along a ridge a lot of the way and the grandmother tree is this ancient oak. It was the oldest tree in Sonoma County. It was. And, um, I have, I've hiked it twice, I think at least. And the first time, you know, the grandmother tree was this grand oak still standing yeah and the second time unfortunately when i went back it had fallen it's still there clearly and it's got these massive roots but i still think it's like a neighbor said to me when he was asking about it because we said oh well just to let you know it's you know the grandmother tree due to i think it was some wind events and just time and fire it's it's now toppled and he said that's okay. You know, I, I just love trees and I think that's good. It's kind of paying respects. Totally. And, um, and you know, we, we lost a grandmother this year in Loretta Hanley. Mm, And so, um, and my grandma is 101 years old. So I think I just have an affinity for going to visit grandma and, uh, and you cannot beat the views there, the Mayakamas and it's hardly, there's hardly anybody there both times I've done it. There's just so much space in that area. Yeah. That's a great one. That's a, that's a bit of a hidden gem. Um, good call. Um, going back to what you said, one of the first ones that you did, one of the first experiences you had after that initial spring lockdown and then kind of like easing back into the outdoors. Um, for me, that was, um, Mount Tamalpais (laughs) and doing that, that what, just the classic. Yep. Oh, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Starting from Pantole um, Station, which is one of the best trailheads in all of the North Bay. um, And doing the Matt Davis down to Stinson Beach, back up the Dipsy Trail and Steep Ravine is a seven mile loop. Absolutely spectacular because along the way that Matt Davis Trail, because you're starting kind of at a high point, right? Mm -hmm. So you're starting high, you go down to the beach and then you climb back up, but it's all a loop. So you're not hiking the same trail twice. And the Matt Davis trail, the way it slinks aside across this, the West side of Mount Tam and gives you that just amazing view of Stinson beach and Bolinas and even out to point Reyes is super cool. Um, tons of the little spots where you can picnic and get a good view of the Pacific ocean. And then just hanging out at Stinson beach, even though it was, you know, COVID protocols were in place, there were still people out at the beach. It was a super windy day, um, when we were there, but it's a great beach. It's fun, you know, and then climbing back up the, uh, the Dipsy trail and finding the secret swing. <laughs> oh, I love the secret, <laughs> the secret swing. swing, man. That is that, that, that's a cool little spot. Uh, we recorded part of a podcast from the secret swing mm-hmm. and then, uh, just kind of like cruising up through that redwood forest uh, with all the ferns yeah. along Webb Creek going all the way back up to Pantole Ranger station. That was Um, that was just like a really refreshing hike for me personally, because we hadn't been able to write about new content. There was still, you know, there was several months, a couple of months at least where we were basically just trying to get creative with what you could do at home. Right. And doing, you know, uh, opt inside. And that was one of the first things that we were able to get out. So that was, that's on my list. I was wondering, you know, I had opt inside on my list um, because we did, you know, kind of building a tent or a fort if you didn't have a tent, mm-hmm. sort of a fort tent in your in your living room. Right. And just, you know, kind of getting imaginative and, and making the most of it and, you know, decorating it with lights and, um, you know, a book and 
turning on that YouTube channel with a fire. The fire, <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, and even if you didn't have all that, like just being creative. And, and I saw, you know, people doing it and or sharing pictures and um, and that and that made my list. But I had, you know, so much trauma as an editor like, sorting Dealing all with of that, that out oh, God. that I was like, is that going to fully make the list or not? I'm not 100% yet. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny so what else is on your list oh i think you go because i'm pulling up mine my, my oh okay just died out for a second well the other one um was kind of one of the bigger adventures that uh i had in 2020 which was going up to um southern oregon that oh, was a blast i mean that was on my list too of course there's there's so much so i'm just gonna hone in mm-hmm. on um crater lake uh-huh. which was kind of a renewed uh, perspective on it. Are you showing Oregon Crater Lake? Oh, we had Brad and I are comparing notes. See, right well, now. I get to go first. So yes, I get to talk absolutely. About um, and going up to Garfield Peak with our team, recording a part of a podcast from the top of Garfield <laughs> Peak too. <laughs> we were we were really getting out there. Um, but that was a blast. I mean that that lake is so blue. It's incredibly blue. It's the deepest lake in the country, um, and lots of hiking trails around. And we were also navigating COVID protocol when we were going up there to see what we could or couldn't do. We originally wanted to do a different hike. I think it was to the tallest peak. Scott's Peak or something? Something like that. But the road was still closed. I'm not sure what was going on. Um, So instead, we went to Garfield Peak, which was just a blast. It was It's such a great view. You're right on the edge of Crater Lake at one of the tallest peaks in the whole park. So you get a, a tremendous view of the Cascades and that whole southern region of uh, of Oregon. Yeah, there's so many points along the way where you just get an incredible vista. It's like you start taking your photos and you're like, I'm just going to take photos the whole way up because yeah. it's so beautiful. And it starts at their beautiful lodge too, which is which was closed when we right. went. But um, that is, Crater Lake is so beautiful. I would love to go back and see it, you know, in early spring or even winter just for the different oh, look at it that'd be cool yeah and um it's just a beautiful national park i was there many years ago brad as you recall and i did not appreciate it in the same way that i did now and that could just be due to experience right i think the okay. weather wasn't the greatest i didn't plan it very well and um you know i mean i was like oh crater lake's beautiful but going back and seeing it i just was like what did i miss the first time not that i didn't think it was great i thought it was cool but i wasn't like well, it's a must go the, back the to the wizard island experience well, i was trying to avoid talking about that because i didn't want to sound so downer but the wizard island experience was not great for me <laughs> i ended up on wizard island a lot longer than i wanted to be let's just like wrap it up with that but um it's such a beautiful park and um and you can make it a stop you know for an for an overnight or two nights or you can even just go by and and do the hike and yeah. and roll on out but southern oregon is a beautiful part of that state um with the rogue valley umpqua area um just like the rogue river was a lot of fun trip the rogue river was a blast it was just so fun to go down it it's mostly well i mean you can pick your parts but we it was gentle with some rapids that were manageable you could rent an inflatable kayak which our team did and we were (laughs) just orange torpedo yeah orange torpedo Yeah. yeah And have just a blast river day, just like jumping off of rocks if you want to. Actually, maybe you get you should know which which you gotta rocks. Know which, yeah, you gotta <laughs> yeah, know which. Yeah, you gotta know which. You probably want to have a guide to yeah. point that out. But uh, <laughs> no, that was a lot of fun. Our team really enjoyed that trip. It was really beautiful. You can and read all about it, by the way, on uh, on our website. Just type in Oregon yeah. or uh, road road trip less traveled. I yeah. think was uh, what we called that. That was an absolute highlight of summer. That road trip. So what else is on your list? What else is on my list? Okay, so I have... This is funny because I didn't personally do this one. 
Utica Reservoir. Oh, yeah. You did that one. I did. And I was very jealous when I saw the picture. Yeah, that's actually on my list. So good, good call. You're you're choosing stuff that I did, but you didn't. So that's very generous of you, Holly. Well, I mean, as the editor, I have to go through and sort of find, you know, it's not just about what I like. Like some of right. them I cut because I'm like, well, I really liked it for this, per, you know, very personal reason. Yeah, right. Um, but I have to think about bigger picture and, you know, what stats showed me on the back end or what sure. was trending. What was trending yeah. and what, was, what the readers loved. Um, yeah, Utica Reservoir was a great destination for, once again, camping in the Sierra Nevada. That isn't one of your um, typical go-to destinations. So... It's kind of funny is that that originally wasn't on our editorial calendar to go to Utica Reservoir. My cousin was going there with his wife, gave me a call last minute and said, (laughs) hey, do you want to come camping? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I was only able to go for one night, Um, but just an amazing spot in Stanislaus National Forest um, and boating is really or kayaking or canoeing, um, stand up paddleboarding, whatever your your your. flavor of out of water recreation is the thing to do at Utica Reservoir. You can actually get back to several campsites via kayak or canoe. And that's what a lot of people do. So you really have this kind of backwoods, backcountry experience by just like carrying all your stuff on your canoe. So you can really load it up. You don't have to carry it on your back. So you can just carry some firewood if if fire season is okay. They were also dealing with the fires then, you know, so there were some regulations with that. But really like all the food you want, whatever, right? You just put it on your canoe. You can paddle out for 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 45 minutes. You can go really far out and it's just, you're surrounded by granite peaks and it's it's absolutely a magical spot, especially yeah. once kind of like the sun begins to set, you really get that alpine glow of the pink, orangey oh, sky there. it just looked so beautiful those photos yeah. and just going out at night um with the headlamp and under a we full did. moon i think that would be really cool and you're were you guys the only one on the water at that we did that yeah so we hour? had <laughs> we had dinner and it was completely dark and my cousin was like let's do a night paddle so we all grabbed our headlamps and jumped into our kayaks and we just were paddling around and you could just like be cruising by other people's campsites and some people saw us a lot of people didn't and it was just like just super glassy (laughs) mellow but it's a very different experience kayaking at night you know even (laughs) if you turn off the headlamps and you just it's you're very like feeling the water Ah. hearing everything right like all of a sudden your other senses are really heightened did you look up at the stars of course Uh yeah that's just spectacular that was really cool so good call on uh on that one so is it thrown back to me no i'll go because um i this again was another one that i didn't do but i really liked the story a lot as henry cowell redwood state park or is it henry cowell state park uh-huh. for the redwoods melissa did that story yeah and she in did the santa that cruz mountains in the santa cruz mountains and she did that story i believe it's like a seven mile hike and all of this is on our website obviously but um we had had the fires and so big basin you know was closed and there was just a lot of kind of upset and grief over redwoods and i remember seeing somebody on our social media um saying something like 
um, I'm, you know, I'm really sad about Big Basin because it's my, it's my respite. It's where I go for my mental health break and where I go on a hike. And so we put together an issue. It just got me thinking as an editor, well, there's still Redwoods, thankfully. And, um, and they do recover and they are resilient and the parks will open that were closed. Um, I know Armstrong Redwoods State Park in Sonoma County also closed. Um, but she did this beautiful issue on the Santa Cruz mountains and, um, hikes there with Redwoods and Henry Cowell was one of them. And the grove there is just so spectacular. And the mm. train going through the park is right. just a little extra charm, especially during the holidays. And um, and she did the loop that included the observatory. So it just has spectacular views. And this hike just kind of had it all. So you had the marvelous redwoods. You had the charming bridges. You went through forest. You went up to an observatory with a magnificent view. Yeah. You went down and, you know, across the river. So there was a little, you know, sandy beach. It just kind of had it all. Yeah. And um, and I thought it was just a beautiful story. Yeah. And neighboring to Big Basin. Right? Yeah. Right. Um, speaking of beautiful views, um, another on my list was Angel Island. Mm. This was also kind of early days back when the new website had launched. Um, we were just getting back into content creation after a couple months hiatus um, due to, to COVID. Um, and being able to see how the Angel Island Ferry was navigating kind of this new reality of limited capacity and hand washing and everybody maintaining a social distance and how efficient and well done that experience was for the ferry, for the ferry, right? Over from Tiburon to Angel Island. And then you're on Angel Island with nearly 50% less people than would normally be there. And, uh, and just the adventures that we were able to squeeze in in a few hours, including going to the top of Mount Livermore, the highest peak on Angel Island and the hike up there. It's just, it's absolutely beautiful from the very top because you can get, you're in the middle of San Francisco Bay on Angel Island Mm -hmm. and you're at the very top of the the highest point on that island and you can see all of what feels like the Bay Area. You can see like at least three bridges. Some people say five, but you can definitely see the the Golden Gate Bridge. (laughs) We counted three, but. I think, yeah, it's three. That's what we saw and the Bay Bridge and the Richmond Bridge. Um, and then of course, San Francisco looks really stunning and Alcatraz and, um, it's usually kind of windy up there. Uh, but that, that was fun. And then you can include a little dip down into Pearl's beach, which is on the South side of the Island. One of the best hike in beaches, um, in Northern California that I've ever seen. That I you mean, could roll right by the entryway to. Yeah. It's somewhat hidden, but it's not like it's an illegal trail or anything. No. That's just like the sign that you go down to Pearl's beach is somewhat, um, like you said, yeah, obscured or hidden. Yeah. Kind of points. Yeah. If you're paying attention, you'll see it. You'll see it. But... And we write about it on our <laughs> website. Um, but that beach is south facing. You're looking at San Francisco. You're looking at Alcatraz. You can actually see the Golden Gate Bridge from there. So you're getting just this panorama IMAX of, of San Francisco, the best parts of it, what seems like, you know, visually. And you usually have it kind of to yourself. Um, that was really special and really cool and definitely a highlight of 2020. That was, and you know, it's funny. I did not have that one on there and it's just like, as I'm listening, I'm like, wow, for such a a crazy year, um, we certainly are fortunate that all of this content was produced because of where we live and what we have access to. And you know, the, the parks kind of stepping up and being like, okay, we got to figure this out. We know we closed down for a bit, but we're, we're figuring it out. And, and you know, that's, that's awesome. It's really fun to actually just go through this and yeah. recognize all the incredible outdoors. I mean, we know that, but it's just kind of a reminder, like, I forgot about that one and it was so good. It was good. A lot of good stuff that we were able to pull together. Yeah. Maybe we'll just do, um, 
one or two more each. I I have on mine um, Cordum Trail and Goat Rock. Nice. Yeah, in Sonoma County. Cordum Trail is one of my favorites. I used to always do it on 4th of July for some random reason, just because I had the day off. And it was always, you know, even when it's foggy, it's still really cool. Um, and I, I did the shorter version this time because you can start at any one of the numerous beaches along the Sonoma coast there. Um, and I started at Shell Beach. And um, it's just a spectacular trail winding right along the ocean. And there's pelicans just coasting constantly and the sea stacks in the water and you're on a um, on a bluff. Yeah, you're on a bluff. The uh, the Pacific, the, overlooking the Pacific, and um, and then you could go up to this giant hill, like this knoll. You'll see it. You mm-hmm. can't miss it. And that's where you have your picnic, and yeah. everybody goes up there. Totally. Um, but there's plenty of room, and just the the views up and down the coast there are absolutely spectacular. They also have um, you know, the sea stack where you see people rock climbing. Yeah. Now it's just kind of this ancient sea stack, and there were um. There were also mammoth rubbing <laughs> rocks. Yeah, they're Re- called the mammoth rocks. The mammoth right? rocks, yeah. because prehistoric mammoths would <laughs> rub up against these yeah. rocks, you know, to itch themselves. And you can see there's like little, I guess, kind of buffed out version or parts of that that rock where the mammoths were would rub their body against it. So that's crazy. Yeah, it's a super interesting <laughs> yeah, little tidbit. Yeah, people are always climbing, or you see people at the top of of them Mm -hmm. just hanging out it's really cool and then ending um at goat rock beach for sunset which was absolutely spectacular in fall um just one of those moments when you're sitting there and you know just watching the sky turn and there were hundreds and hundreds of pelicans in the area and they were just beautiful in their formations and taking off um, and just the the color of the sky. I mean, I was like, it just reminded me of like the perfect layer cake of all these different tones of pink yeah. as, you know, the sunset. And you have to wait sometimes because people like the sunsets and you have like the golden glow, which is magnificent. And then I've noticed, I noticed this actually in Marin once at the Owl Marin Trail. People just kind of like left, but it's like, no, hang out because that sometimes pink. Sometimes you get the, that pink comes the after. Clouds. Yeah, not yeah. always, but often enough. Mm-hmm. And um, and just the fuchsia layers in the sky. It was, yeah. It was Great. Yeah, Jenner, that area, Goat Rock, that sunset. Put it on your to-do list for a uh, for a sunset. It is killer. Okay, one more, Brad. One more. Um, well, this one didn't actually. The research did not happen in 2020. The story oh. went live in 2020. So does that count? I mean, I guess, but I'm trying to guess what that is. You can't you can't figure it out. The story went live in 2020. It went live, but we did the research in 2019. And I was in a harness. <laughs> oh, Death Valley. Joshua Tree. Death, what am I saying? Death Valley was supposed to be happening. <laughs> that, that's on hold. Joshua Tree. Yes. You were in a harness from your mountain bike accident. Yeah, I'd broken my scapula and a few ribs, but we were went out there anyway. Um, that this does was, count. Because we does published count. it in 2020. Yeah, November 2019. But we didn't publish that until January 2020. That's killer. I mean... Joshua Tree is the first time I had actually been there. I'm kind of embarrassed to say. And uh, wow, what just, I mean, it's a, it's kind of a small national park, packs a huge punch. Um, just going over to uh, Barker Dam, kind of doing that classic trio of hikes um, that you can do there, including Hidden Valley. Um, and then uh, the very tallest part of the park, going to Ryan Mountain, just kind of like, hiking all the way up there in the harness, getting that great view, and then having a really fun 
Airbnb experience, uh, staying in like an Airstream outside of Joshua Tree. That was a blast. Yeah, you were incredible on that trip. I mean, you know, that hike up to, um, what was the name of the peak? That you Ryan said? Mountain. Yeah, Ryan Mountain. Not a long, not a long hike, but I mean, you definitely takes you can take your breath away a, a little miles. bit. It's a few miles, and it's you know, it's it ascends, mm-hmm. and um, you were in a harness with it, you know, at quite a serious injury, and you motored on up. I was so impressed, and I found that actually very inspirational. And I don't think you were in you know a super amount of pain, but you wanted to do it. It wasn't oh, yeah. kind of like oh gosh, I'm going to go along. And I think for you, you know, in its in its um, unique way the outdoors is so healing oh, yeah. um, on, on so many levels and um, that was a great moment reaching that peak and just having that stunning view peaks are great we have a great writer in uh, Los Angeles Brianna she is the peak queen she oh, yeah. just gets after all of these incredible peaks and I'm just so inspired yeah peaks are great for the new year we'll be back in the new year with some peak hikes too so, so we could go on and on and we on. Could go it's so on. much fun actually thinking about all this cool stuff. When we certainly had some crossover. We did. And so now what I do is we've compiled, but we also had some stuff that uh, was different from each other. Absolutely. So, and some stuff that we haven't mentioned. So like the full official top 10 list is not ready yet. It's not official, but it will start. be by the time you listen to this, chances are it might be on oh, the yeah. site. It'll be up on the site, our top 10 for Northern California of 2020. And we also have a top 10 of Southern California, Los Angeles. And we are going to have a podcast. We're going to include that in our next podcast. We'll have one of our SoCal writers. Join um, us and talk about some of his favorite experiences from this crazy year that was was 2020. Yes, and that'll include um, all of our team... Um, over there and and some of their stories as well i i talked to them and i asked them like of the of the adventures you did for weekend sherpa what, what are, were some what of your are favorites, your favorites yeah. or why and we kind of go down a bit from there as well very scientific very scientific way to <laughs> compile a top 10 list <laughs> what um quick question yeah. um before we wrap is 2020 go away oh, um for 20 <laughs> go away for 2021 what's the first national park you think you'll get to i think it's going to be death valley mm-hmm because uh already have kind of a road trip scheduled for January <laughs> 2021 that does include Death Valley. It does include that. That's why I said it when I was like thinking <laughs> to the future when you were talking about when we did in the past. That's what that's what 2020 has done to my brain. Yeah. It's a scrambled egg right now. It's a scrambled egg. Um <laughs> Yeah, so looking forward to that. Haven't been back to Death Valley in like eight years. One of my favorite national parks. I know it's your favorite national it park. It is my favorite national park in California. Love yeah. it. Something yeah. about it. Super cool. Um, and I'm not going to ask you what your New Year's resolution is because I feel like we've already made a lot of changes and sacrifices in 2020. So in 2021, do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed 100%. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening and for reading you. Weekend Sherpa. It, um, we really appreciate it. We would love to hear your favorite adventures of oh, 2020. Yeah, that would be fun. Info at WeekendSherpa.com is where you can reach us. And seriously, share some photos, send some stories. We love hearing from you. And also a huge, huge shout out and thanks to our amazing team of 2020 contributors um, who are all listed on our website, um, you are the joy of my job, 
And um, we simply couldn't do Weekend Sharpo without you. This is our team of amazing writers and contributors. Um, can't thank you enough. If you want to meet them um, and see some of their favorite experiences from 2020, go on our website. We just uh, did a story that introduced them as well as some of their favorite uh, adventures from the last year. So check that out. And I'm looking forward to better days ahead in 2021. Let's just leave it at that. Sounds good to me. Take Thanks care. a lot.